get after this thing. We were talking about vision ever since the beginning of the year. We've been talking about 20, you know, I think every pastor in, in the universe used the 2020 uh, vision analogy for their first sermon of the year. But we were talking about that, and we, we, we broke it down, you know. And I was actually going to end it last, last week when I was talking about discipleship. But, we were, uh, but God showed me something. And so we talked about, you know, back at the beginning of the year, how you should have a personal vision for your life. And we talked about what that means and what is a personal vision. Well, let's just talk about that really quick to make sure you understand. A personal vision is where you take the time to get before God. And you've got to be intentional to do that now. And, and just, just pray. Now, what does that mean? That means you talk to God. Hey, bud. Hey, God. Hey, it's me. Hey, what is it you want me to do? this next year? What is it that you want me to do with my life? You've got to be intentional and go after that. And then when and then you allow God to tell you. Now, that's not going to be an audible voice. It could be. I've, I've never had an audible voice. But it's going to be, he's going to inspire that to you through the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. And then as he inspires that vision, he inspires the goals that he wants you to set. He inspires the direction he wants you to go or the things he wants you to accomplish. We talked about how important it is that you write it down. Write it down. All right, that's why we have journals all over the place out here. If you need a journal, grab one. Write it down. Now, why do you want to write it down? It's number one, of course, is so you don't forget it. Okay, it's you don't forget it. Because, listen, there's so many people living this, their lives in this very world we live in that just exist. And there's, that's not what God intended on us to do. He wants you to have direction. So you write that vision down that you get from God. Number one, so you don't forget it. But number two, to encourage you. Now, why do you need encouragement? Because, listen, we live in a sin-filled world that's going to... That, that, that we're going to go through some struggles. We're going to go through some hard times. Oh, pastor, you're preaching doom and gloom. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you like it is, all right? Now, that doesn't mean we stay there. Now, you're going to go through them, and you're going to be victorious on the other side, but you're going to hit them, but you've got the greater one living on the inside of you. But you write it down because as you accomplish these goals and you accomplish what God's called you to do, you check it off. And then when you do go through the hard times, you pick up that journal and you can encourage yourself. Guys, you always need some encouragement. And you can't always have somebody right there to pat you on the back to pick you up. I mean, I needed some encouragement last week. I went through some stuff last week. You know, I wrote it out. It was hard for a couple of days. And I made it through and I knew I would, but I still needed some encouragement, right? And I'm, I'm no different than you. You need that encouragement also. And I'm telling you, and a lot, a lot of people do this, but if you will do this and do this, do this consistently, it'll change your life. It'll give you direction. God will give you direction, the, the, which, a, way, a reason to get out of bed, where you're going to do, what are you trying to accomplish, and then you see it happening. And all of that will be geared around your, given, your God-given talents and gifts that you have on the inside of you. Right? Because that's why he's wanting to direct you. Because he knows the desires of your heart. And he knows how he made you. And he knows what you can accomplish. So he's going to lead you that way. All right? So it's important. All that's important, right? So you need to, to, to get a vision for your life. And when I'm talking about a vision, I'm talking about a, a plan for your life or a direction. And that vision will direct you to the plan that God has for your life. All right? But you've got to be intentional about it. That means you've got to get with God. Now, you don't have to do the old oh, holy thee thou and whatever. Just talk to God. God, what is it? And then get quiet. Get quiet. 
and then it'll come to you. That'll, it'll be that inspiration. It'll be that unction on the inside. I just need, I need, I just, I just need to do this. I need, and you feel peace about it. Follow after that peace. And that's, that's, that's the start. That's the start. And then he'll just keep. And the more you, you, more you give in to, to, to receiving from him, he'll start pouring it out. Once he understands you got it, he'll start pouring it out. All right, so I'm, I went a little long on that, but I wanted to make sure you guys get it. That's very, very important. And then after that, we went into talking about the vision of Compass Church, and, you know, I won't go into all of that, but I was very happy to be able to stand up here and tell you guys that, hey, we're, we're making some progress in the, uh, towards the, uh, accomplishing the vision of, of Compass Church. Now, it'll, it'll take forever to fulfill the whole vision of this church, and that's okay, but we're making progress. And, and, and you know, just as Scripture says, without vision, the people will perish, so... We, we were making progress, and, and God showed us that what, what, you know, the area that we're going to focus on this year in our vision is closer discipleship. So discipleship is going to be our real focus this year. We're doing, we're doing really good on everything else, and we did good on that also, but listen, you can always improve. We can always improve. So that's what we were doing. And so we were ready to shut it all down, and I was just talking with God, and, you know, because I talked to God. And he was like you know, kind of figuring out what direction I was going to go in this week. And God said, well, let me, he said, well, how do people, how, how do they, how do they think I see them? And I thought for a minute, and I'm like, okay, where are we going with this? Because God likes to make me think. And, and he said, and he, it was so clear. He told me that he said, there are people walking these streets in a life of defeat simply because they can't see their life any way other than how this world sees them. And they got to learn to see their self how I see them. That's what God told me. So that made me ask, and that led me to, I said, well, we got to cover that one. We definitely got to cover that one. And so that, that left me to today. So the big question for today is how do you see yourself? I mean, really think about that. How do you see yourself? Take a minute and just breathe and just think about it. How do you really see yourself? It's a good question, right? And I mean, think about what thoughts, what thoughts do you have about yourself? Do you see yourself accomplishing things? Do you see yourself victorious? Or do you always see yourself just down in the dumps? Always, I'm carrying this weight. I'm carrying this load. I mean, how do you see yourself? Because see, if you, if you think about the way people are in this very world we live in, we, we base our self-worth on how everybody else sees us. And we base our self-worth on what kind of car we drive. Well, I got to have that G-Wagon. You know, I got to have that G-Wagon or I just can't be anything else. That's a Mercedes if you don't know what a G-Wagon is, right? All right. And I'd love to have one, but you know, you know they're a lot of money. But listen, if the, the, the rule of this earth that we live in is you base your value on what you have. How much money you got in your bank account? How much, how big your house is? I was talking with a gentleman last week and he was telling me he'd only been in his house that he's in, built a nice house, about a 4,500 square foot home right here in Auburn. And he'd been in it for about four years. Brand new house, nothing wrong with the house. And we were talking and he's building another one. And, 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 if I, and I'm sure if I told you the neighborhood, you'd know where he was talking about. And I was like, why are you, you just bought, you just built this house. Why are you doing, it wasn't a money thing or anything. He said, he was building a bigger house. He said, I said, why are you moving to this other neighborhood? He said, it's because if you live in Auburn, that's where you got to be. And, you know, and I understand his church life and I hope he's not watching this, but... <laughs> 
So he's kind of on the fence there, you know. But what he was doing was that he, he in order to, to make himself feel happy, to make himself feel important, to make himself feel valuable, he had to move somewhere else. Listen, and listen, I'm not speaking against having a nice house, being in a nice neighborhood. If God blesses you with a Mercedes G-Wagon, you know, I would like to drive it one time, but that's okay. But listen, God wants you blessed, but that doesn't give you your value. It doesn't give you your value. And we talk about value a lot around here, all right? But when you do that, you, you set unrealistic standards for yourself. When you, when you base your value on what the, how every el- everybody else views you or how, what everybody else thinks of you or, or how you may look, come on, not everybody can be like the supermodels on TV, you know, and that's okay. That's okay, all right, because that's all made up anyway, all right? <laughs> But listen, when you do that, you set unrealistic goals for yourself that you'll never reach. You'll never reach. And it'll just be a, it'll be a constant struggle. And it doesn't have to be that way, guys. It doesn't have to be that way if you can just learn to see yourself how God sees you. And it's so simple. God tells us everything right here in his word. Because, and let me remind you, the only way that you're going to fulfill and walk out the plan that God has for your life is you've got to learn to see yourself as God sees you. Amen? Because look, if, if, we, if we only see ourselves based on anything other than how God sees us, then you're never going to have the self-confidence confidence to accomplish what God's called you to do. And how many of you know... Everybody sitting in this room, God has called you to do something. Matter of fact, God has called you to do some great things. It's up to you to choose to walk out that plan, right? Absolutely, it's you. It's not up to me to push you. But listen, Satan wants to keep you pressed down. He wants to keep you under his thumb because he's trying to, to create division in between. You know, sin does what? It divides. And Satan wants to create division. He wants to, to separate you from God. He doesn't want you to succeed. The evil of this world doesn't want you to succeed. The evil of this world doesn't want you to see yourself victorious. The evil of this world doesn't want you to see yourself as a leader, to see yourself as a missionary, to see yourself as an evangelist, to see yourself as a CEO. Or No, they want to, the evil of this world wants to keep you pressed down. And look, there's no two ways about it. You guys know me, I shoot straight. There's no two ways about it. This world we live in is tough. It's hard. It's tough. I know that. I understand it. I live it just like you, right? But let me remind you of this. It's tough not because Satan is some powerhouse, right? He's not a powerhouse. You have to remember, the Scripture clearly states that when Jesus paid his sacrifice for us, he beat the devil. He's been defeated. But the one thing that Satan has mastered and he uses so well in this earth that we live in is he's a good liar. He's a good liar. How I many of you know how Satan is going to come after us? He's going to, it's through deception, it's through lies. He's going to get in your head, he's going to get in your thoughts. And some of you are thinking, I know exactly what you're talking about, Pastor. He's going to get in there and he can paint a pretty bad picture of what you're going through. He can make it look so bad. He can, he can get in there and fill you with negative thoughts, and he can make that situation look so bad that you just want to run to the other side of the world. You want to get out. And, he, and essentially what he's trying to do is he's trying to get you to give up. To give up. And he wants to, he wants to 
He wants to get you to, to just run and flee from Him. When in, in actuality, we need to learn to do as the Scripture says, which is resist and He will flee from us. Amen. See, that, you, you can't let Him win. And it, all of that is determined based on how you see yourself. How do you see yourself? You see, if you choose... If you choose, because it's a choice, there's so much rides on your choices, folks. If you choose to listen and believe the lies of Satan, then that ultimately will affect how you see yourself. All right, because you're going to see yourself a loser. You're going to see yourself defeated. You're going to see yourself down and out. And that's that's not what that's not God's best, right? Absolutely not. It's not because you get to a place where you feel powerless. You feel powerless, and you feel like you can't accomplish anything. I've been there. Been there, not a, not, a, not, a happy place to, to, not a happy place to be at all. But it's very important. When that happens, you have to remind yourself to stand in faith. Stand in faith on the truth of the Word of God. And remember what it says about who you are and what you have. So the big question is, how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Now, I want, to look, I want to show you something in Scripture here. Hebrews 10, verses 34 through 39. And I'm going to read this out of the New Living because it, it, just, it, it, it really reads well here. Ten, Hebrews 10, 34 through 39. It says, You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail, and when, you, when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings to you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to grow to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not those who turn away from God to their own destruction we are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. All right, now, what's happening there? Well, okay, we'll get into that. But listen, I want to remind you something. When Satan tries to get in your head and he tries to get, get into your thoughts and he tries to fill you with those lies and fill you with all that negativity, listen, what we just read, that's just the instructions that were given to the early church, okay? It was the instructions. And, and you need to learn to remind yourself to, 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 to follow those instructions. See, those, they were facing persecution. They were facing persecution for their, their choosing Christ, choosing Jesus, right? And they were having everything taken from them, pulled away from them. And they were, they were, they, they were everything, just, just all, everything coming against them to get them to renounce Jesus, ultimately. That was it. That was what it was all coming from. And see, according to those verses, we have to do some things. You have to do some things that were promised to us in His Word. First, you've got to know within yourself. Know within yourself what, what you have been given through the sacrifice that Jesus paid. And you've got to know that you know within yourself who you are through the sacrifice that Jesus paid. Right? There, listen, there are privileges of being a Christian. There are privileges. There are rights. There are privileges. And you, you have the right and the authority to walk in that if you understand what that means and what that is. Right? Absolutely, you do. But that means that you've got to know it. You've got to know some stuff. When you hear me talk about being bold as, you're, as a Christian, we should be bold. 
not to the point that we're egotistical, but you should be arrogant. When you understand what happened, the price that paid for us, all of that, it was a very dear price. And you, when you see that and you start seeing the plan that God's laying out for you to do, you realize how valuable you are. You're like, God, I can do that? Yes, you can. Yes, you can do that through his strength living inside you, right? Amen. But you got to know that you know. And you got to know, not just in your head, guys. You got to know it's got to be in your heart. It's got to be in your spirit. It's got to be, it's got to be so much a part of you. You got to have that word so, so deep, so rooted in you that when, when Satan starts to come against you and starts to bring all that craziness and all that negativity, that your first reaction, your instant reaction is, I don't give in. When it comes, I rebuke it. I cast it away. I don't fall weak. I don't cower down. I stand up bold in who I am. I stand up confidently in who Jesus says that I am, who your God in heaven says that I am. I see myself as an overcomer. I see myself as a victor. And you stand up firm and you stand up strong. And when Satan brings the chaos and the craziness and even the pain and the sickness and he starts bringing that on you, you can stand firm and say, I walk in healing because by his stripes I were healed. That's past tense. That means that when Jesus took those stripes on the cross, he paid the price for our healing. And you be firm in that, and that's the faith, the confession of faith. You continue to confess it until you walk in the light of that healing. You be firm and you be bold as a Christian. Amen? You got to know that you know. You got to be so convinced, so convinced of what God says, and then you just simply Act as if it's true. Act as if God's word is true. You got to know that you know and then just act on it. Act on it. And listen, let me just say this. Act on it even when circumstances don't look good. Right? And that's, remember, we don't live our life based on circumstances. We walk by faith. Faith in God. Faith in the truth of the word. Glory to God. Don't go by your circumstances. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Amen. And listen, how do you see yourself? You need to ask yourself that quite often. Remind yourself. How do you quit? And don't, listen, you cannot quit. Of course, you guys know me. I'm a a go-getter. I'm a fighter. We're going to fight to the end. You cannot quit when the going gets tough. You got to stay after it. Because listen, if you lay down your faith, all right, and you just give up, then the devil will keep you in permanent defeat. That's where he, and, and he's just smiling. I got you, I got you, I got you. Listen, you guys, I don't know what you may be facing or what you may be going through, but if you ever need somebody on your side to help you fight through it, I'm going to help you fight through it. Amen? Because Satan wants to keep you down. That's where he, he, he wants to keep his foot right on you and keep you pressed down, keep you separated from God in heaven, keep you separated from your church, keep you separated from your family, the body of Christ, separated from his word. He wants to do everything that he can to separate you. You know, I had a guy tell me the other day, he said, I just don't ever have time to read my Bible. I'm like, well, then you need to go home and you need to start looking at what's separating you because it's not God. It's not God. It may not always be convenient, but that may be because there's something else. They're trying to separate you from that time. Separate you. Amen. But on the other hand, if you keep fighting, 
and you stay in it, and you, when the struggle gets hard, you just go after it a little bit harder. When you do that, walking in faith, confessing the Word of God over whatever struggle or situation you're going to, you will be victorious. You will be victorious. And you've got to know that you know within yourself. You've got to know that you know who God says you are and what He says that you have. It's so very important. It's so very important. You know, and let me just say this on a side note, as far as that, as far as that goes. Because I, ha- I actually struggled in this area for a long time until I got, I, I got a hold on this. Is the, one of the biggest ways that Satan will try to distract you, or let me just say it this way, the biggest ways that he's going to try to steal your confidence is he's going to try to get you to look at your past. Okay, look at your past. Come on, it's ha- there is so many. I had a guy tell me the other day. He said, when I get things straightened out in my life, I'll come to church. I'm like, you'll never get to church, right? You'll never get to church. Well, you just don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter. It's in the past. It's in the past, okay? Because Satan's going to be right there. And like I said, he's trying to separate you from God and His Word and what He's doing. And the way He's going to do that, He's going to start reminding you of all your past failures and disappointments. And listen, there's not anybody in here that doesn't have any past failures or disappointments. I'm not, uh, you know, that doesn't make anybody any better than anybody else, but we've all got those, right? But you've got to choose to, to not look back. When the devil starts doing that, always just remind yourself that we walk by faith and faith looks forward. It does not look back, all right? I was thinking about that. It reminds me of uh, The Lion King. show you how old I am. I like that movie, the original Lion King. I didn't see the new one. And I can't remember. What's the monkey's name where he finds Simba? And, and Simba's, yeah, at that. And so it's so funny. You know, Simba's arguing with him why he can't go back and this, that, and the other. And he smacks him upside the head. And he's like, wow, what was that for? And he said, it doesn't matter. It was in the past. And, you know, and it, <laughs> I thought that's pretty cool. That's really cool. Listen, don't fall into the trap of looking back. Don't fall into that trap, guys. Don't do it. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as God sees you? Or do you see yourself as the world sees you? Or do you see yourself only valuable because of the car I drive? Now, I'm not preaching against having a nice car. Don't misunderstand me. You know, you, you, you live your life and enjoy the blessings God gives you and but don't base your value on the, having a nice car. You know, I had a very good friend of mine that was so buried into that that he would literally get a new car about every six months. He literally drove himself to bankruptcy because he bought so many new cars and they just kept, they just kept you know, moving the money over to the next loan to the, until he couldn't get any more and he literally had to file bankruptcy. And it was all because he was concerned he, he, for some reason, he was so fascinated that if he, only, he, could, he could only be viewed a certain way if he had that car. It was really sad. It was really sad. But anyway, he got over that, and we worked through that. But don't, 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 don't see yourself as the world sees you. Because when I say that God shows me in this room is full of potential, it's full of potential. There's a lot of people in here that can do a lot of great things and, 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 and have the potential and the value to do it, Right? Amen. But listen, you got to be bold. And, and remember this, boldness comes from knowledge, okay? I think we've, we've talked about this before. I mean, think about it. Where you work, you know your job. And if you've been there any time, 
you really know your job, right? And, and you know, in other words, you know how, if you make something or whatever and you do it consistently over and over, you know how to do it. You got it. And, you, and I'm not going to come in there and tell you how to do it because I don't know your job. And you're going to be pretty bold if I come in there and start telling you, hey, don't do that, do this, no, no. No, you're going to get in my face. No, back up. Step back. It's my space. You're bold about it. Why? Because you have knowledge. You have knowledge about what you're doing. You've been trained. You've been taught. Okay? And listen, we need to be bold as Christians. So in order to be bold as Christians, you've got to have some knowledge. You've got to have some knowledge about what the Bible says concerning who you are and what you have. Now, there's only, way to, only one way to get that knowledge. You've got to start reading this thing. You've got to start reading His Word, spending time with Him. Allow the Holy Spirit to inspire this to you. Because I'm going to tell you, there's no other way to be bold about the things of God than to get this word inside you. You get to be bold. You've got to have some knowledge, who you are, what you have. What, you know, what does the word say that you have, right? Now listen, I want to encourage anybody that's in here who may feel like your life just hasn't amounted to much. You know, I've been there, been down that road. But I want to encourage you to do something today. And I want to encourage you to make a decision to change. See, so much in this life rides on your choices and the decisions that we make, right? So if you feel like that you just need to go in a different direction, make a decision right now to change. Make a decision about how you see yourself. How you see, how you see yourself is so very important. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So how do you think about yourself? Huh? That's a good question. And I, I remember, and let me see, I don't think this person's here, but this is a person that was in the church. Yeah, they're at youth. Well, we were all back in the hallway back there, and we were goofing off, and the bathroom door was open, and this person was in the mirror doing, I don't know, they were fixing his glasses or something, or his hair or something. And he stood there, and he said, well, that's as good as it gets. And it just rose up in my spirit when they said this. I just, my, it just rose up so strong. And I, I thought, if that's the way that you look at yourself when you look in that mirror, then you're living way below God's expectation for yourself. Now, I ended up talking to this person later. I didn't say anything at this time, and we just, we just bounced it around there. But listen, I know what the Word says about you. I know what the Word says that you have. I know what it says. It, tell, it's, it clearly states that you are victorious. You are an overcomer. You will walk in healing. You will walk in health. You will be what God says that you will be, whatever He may have called you to be, right? I know that, and I'm here to tell you, it's good. It's encouraging, right? It's good, and it's encouraging. See, we mess it up when we get in there and we try to put our own spin on things, and we want to... To, to dabble in sin and this, that, and other, and then we open the door and we allow Satan into our lives, and now we've got chaos and craziness in our life that it wasn't God's fault. We brought it on ourselves, right? All right, now we've got to contend and to deal with that, right? But listen, if that's the way you feel when you look in a mirror, I want you to remember this. After you take the time and you get in this Word... Now, that's the first thing you got to do is you got to get in his word. And after you take that time and you find out what it says about who you are and what you have, okay, before you're ever going to walk in the light of it, and ultimately that's a choice, you got to choose to walk in the light of it, okay, before you ever do that, the first thing that you're going to have to do is you got to change the way 
that you're thinking about yourself. Change the way that you think about yourself. I, I see it all the time. I had a guy working for me one time, and he was very talented. He could build anything from, he didn't have to have the plans. He could see it, and I'm talking about intricate, detailed furniture. Very talented. But he had no self-confidence in that area. And it, none at all. He could only, you could hear it in his, the words that come out of his mouth. He would speak defeat. He would speak, oh, I just can't ever do this. I just can't ever accomplish that. I just can't ever do And I was just like, you've got to stop. You've got to stop seeing yourself that way. See yourself, learn to see yourself victorious. See yourself bold. See yourself tall. See yourself strong. See yourself as God sees you. I mean, that's a good question. How do you see yourself? Listen, if you need to make a decision to change, make that decision to change. Learn to see yourself as an overcomer. That's one of my favorite scriptures, John 16, 33. It says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now listen, it's easy to see Jesus as an overcomer. I mean, that's, that's Jesus we're talking about, right? The hard part is, is for us to see ourselves as overcomers, right? Why is that? Because we've all failed. Everybody. We've all failed, all right? Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I failed, I'm just, so I'm not pointing anybody out, but we've all failed. And remember, and this is so very important, guys, our failures, our failures do not change, and I'm going to say it again, our failures do not change the truth of the Word of God. So many people, they, our failures does not change the truth. Well, Pastor, why did this happen? I don't know why that happened. Well, the Word of God says this. Well, why that happened does not change the truth of that word. That word's still true. I don't know all the details in that situation. I can't tell you exactly why that happened, all right? There's a lot of things that go on in this world that, that we don't know all the information, right? But it does, our failures do not change the truth of the Word of God. But the good news is 1 John 5, 4 says, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Are you born of God? I hope so. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Look, we got the greater one living on the inside of you. He's living right there. And with him living on the inside of you, you have the ability to overcome anything the darkness of this world throws at you. You need to walk in the light of that. You need to understand that. It'll make you stand a little taller. It'll make you stand a a, a little bit with your chest out, right? It'll give you that confidence that you need. But listen, the first thing you got to do is you got to walk in the light of the truth of that word. You've got to walk around like that. You've got to walk around with your head high. Walk around confident to accomplish whatever it is that comes against you or whatever it is that God's calling you to do. You've got to walk in the light of that and understand that that strength and that power of God Almighty is on the inside of us. And you can overcome anything that Satan brings. Anything. See yourself as strong. See yourself as strong. And let, let me ask you this, though. We're talking about how do you see yourself, and this is very important, is how do you think the devil sees you? Now, that's a good question. How do you think the devil sees you? Because this is important. It's very, very important. Does he see you like, 
like a mighty warrior? Or does he see you strong? Does he see you as something that he can't? It may be a struggle for him to try to take you down, or, to, or, or does he see you like the, the little wimpy kid that he can just thump to the side of the road? How does the devil see you, right? How, and let me just say you this. The answer to that depends completely on you. Depends on how you see yourself. And when I was studying this out, God showed me, reminded me of something. And, and you think about the children of Israel. Children of Israel. And when they failed to get into the promised land. And this is so good, guys. But the reason they failed. And that's right there in Numbers 13.33. The reason they failed. In Numbers 13.33 says, And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came which come of the giants, and we were in their, our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. So what they're saying there is we saw those giants. We were scared. In our own mind, we saw ourselves as a grasshopper. And because we saw them as that, and so we were in their sight. The reason they failed wasn't because the giants were so big, guys. It was, it, it was the fact that they saw themselves so small. It was their own sight that defeated I mean, I was like, whoa, guys, how do you see yourself? Because this, the same principle is true for the believer. The same thing. It's what you are on the, ins, on the inside and how you see yourself that's going to make all the difference. All the difference. Listen, if you see yourself as just a weak and a powerless Christian, Satan's happy to see that. And what he's going to do is he's going to seize that opportunity. And he's going to roll over you left and right and smile from ear to ear the whole time he's doing it. Right? He's just going to take complete advantage of that. And he's going to keep you separated from God. He's going to keep you pressed down. Right? But, but listen... When you start to see yourself as God sees you, by faith, that's how you see Him. You, you believe God's Word by faith, trusting in the truth of God's Word, right? When you begin to see that and understand, and you begin, to, you, you begin to see yourself as a son or daughter of the God, the Most High, you'll see yourself as a conquering son or daughter. And then, you, and then when you see that, then you realize that you're equipped with that very power Right? And then that just, that boldness just rises up. It rises up, and the devil's like, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. He wants to stay away from you. He doesn't want to get anywhere near you. He wants to flee from you. Because listen, he would rather do anything than come up against somebody who's bold and courageous. Bold. That's that boldness that I talk about all the time. You need to be bold about what God says you have, about who God says you are. You need to be bold, but boldness comes from knowledge. So you've got to have some knowledge about what God's Word says about who you are and what God's Word says that you have. You've you got to have some knowledge, guys. You've got to have some knowledge. And, and listen, the more knowledge you have, the bolder you're going to be. You ever wonder why some people, they just, they really just take, they get a hold, they get born again, and then they just take off, and they're just all into the things of God, and they're just taking, constantly taking steps forward? It's because they intentionally take the time and the effort to get more knowledge inside of them, and that gives them that boldness and that confidence. 
to constantly press forward, constantly keep going. And then you see people a lot of times, they're, they're constantly in struggle after struggle after struggle after struggle. And when you get to the nitty-gritty of, of their relationship with God, there's not much of one. They may read their Bible once a month, or they may pick it up to bring it to church. Or, or of course, now most people, they say, well, my, their Bible's on their phone. And, I, and, and listen, I'm not against technology. You guys know that. I have my iPads and phones and all. But the problem with having your phone here, I mean, the Bible on your phone, is it's hard to spend the time intimately with God because there's a distraction that's going to ding up in, on this thing. You're going to get some kind of snap, text, what a call, I don't know. Something's going to pop, and you're, you may be reading, oh, I've got to get that, I'm going over. I'm going, and now you're, at, you're listen, you just, you just, you're not in fellowship with that. See, that's the beauty of having a Bible that you can hold, right, and you can read, and you can spend time, and when the Holy Spirit makes a scripture alive to you, because that's what happens. He'll start making those words just jump off that page to you. I mean, when you read a scripture, sometimes you need to meditate on that scripture. Well, sometimes you need to take your time. And when you do that, when you meditate, you may need to meditate for 10 or 15 minutes on that scripture, quietly reading it, quietly going over it, thinking, and allowing God to reveal things to you, to inspire things to you. And listen, when you're on your little device and things start dinging, you can't get quiet like that. You can't meditate like that, right? So I encourage you, you know, enjoy your devices, but take your study time seriously. Because that's the difference in the people that go out there and they just keep making strides forward. Is they're taking their stuff. You're going to get out of it what you put into it in anything in this life. It's not as easy as just showing up to church on Sunday and expecting everything to work right in your life. You've got to, I've told you guys that from the beginning. You've got to put some effort into this. You've got to put some work into this, right? And you need to start by getting so full of God's Word that you walk around like a spiritual giant in this world. Now, so I'm going to close up with this. I'm going to call the band back up. And I want to give you a challenge, guys. I want to give you a challenge that will help you if you struggle understanding who you are in Christ. And there's so many people, so many people that struggle in this area. And I want you guys to go home in your study time, and I want you to read through the epistles in the New Testament, the new epistles. They're written to the church, right? And I want you to read through all of that. And I want you to look for all the expressions of in Christ, in Him, in whom. I don't know what translation you're reading. But all of that, I want you to read through that, and I want you to underline them. And I want you to seriously do this. I want you to underline them. Because when you, those scriptures, those are the scriptures that talk about who you are. Those are the scriptures that talk about what you have. All right? And when you underline them, you, you make it personal. You put your name right there. Make it personal. All right? And write it down. And then what I want you to do is I want you to, when you write them down in your journal, you may, there's a, if you actually break it down and go through this, there's about 140. I think Brother Hagin said there was about 140 of them. I've never wrote them, found them all. But I want to encourage you to write them down. And then after you write them down, begin to confess them over your life. See, we don't talk about confession as much as we should in this world. But there's power in your words that you speak out of your mouth. The words that you confess, right? And, and Because as far as God's concerned, everything's done. He's done all He's going to do. He's waiting on us to do our part. He did His part when He sent Jesus to die and to be that sacrifice for us. So you've got to understand, we're, we've been teaching on the blood covenant on Wednesday night at Dive, and I'm going to tell you, you guys are missing out because it's... 
It's very awesome. And I want, if you haven't been there, I want to encourage you to get those, those podcasts because you got, that covenant is so important. Everything is significant and everything means so much. We believe and stand on everything that, that we believe is based on that covenant and the importance of why it happened. But you see, God did his part through the covenant. That's what that was. We created that covenant with him. He did his part by sending Jesus. And as far as he's considered, it's done. It's done, right? And because of what happened, this Bible is a document. It's a legal document written to us with rights and privileges as Christians that was signed into effect by the blood that Jesus shed on that cross. You've got to remember that. You've got to understand that. And so as you, go, as you go through and you find those scriptures and you write them down, begin to confess them over your life. Because you see, it's believing it by faith, believing what the scripture says you have and who you says you are, it's, but it's confessing it that what makes it a reality to you. Believing it by faith and confessing it. That's the confession of faith. Hebrews 4.14 says, Therefore, since we have a great and high priest has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. What confession are we supposed to hold fast to? It's the confession of faith. So you need to be confessing that over your life. Don't be speaking negatively. Don't be speaking all these craziness. Oh, I just can't. I just can't. Oh, I just gotta speak positively. Confess what the word says that you have. Confess what the word says that you are. And listen, the more that you confess it, and you make this a habit, guys, and you can do this driving to work. The more that you confess it, the more real he becomes to you. The more real he becomes, guys, and it's so important. And you wonder why some I was talking with the guy that he's like, God's just not real to me. Well, you've got to make some changes. Because the less that you talk about it, the less that he's going to be real to you. Let's pray. Father, I 